0: Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614 104 107. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let's welcome uh, a doc, Dr. Jerome Mampano, who is also part of Sports Medicine Africa, also worked uh, for several years in sport, also SA Rugby Kaiser Chiefs to name but a few, and we just want to understand more about concussion. Doc, good evening. Thanks for being able to speak to us tonight on SAFM.
1: Evening Tabitha. thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, Doc. Sad news about about Dave's retirement. It must be tough for a doctor to tell a player or advise a player that you can't play anymore or you shouldn't be playing. I know you were not the doctor in question in this case, but 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 you would have an idea of how tough it, it is.
1: Yeah, look at the again, um sort of life changing decisions like that are very difficult. And I would say to you, you know, whenever it's approached, it's never approached from just one angle or you find that it's just one doctor. I think there's a series of of processes that they would put in place, you know, to to get the player advised about his likely outcomes for the future. And, um, I mean, it helps, you know, <laughs> falling on from Will Smith's movie and, and, and actually the movie being about, you know, a real-life person who went through these motions trying to deal with the issues that, that relate to traumatic brain injury. It's it's not an easy decision, and it, it's a very difficult thing, I think, to tell someone that's, that's genuinely passionate about the sport that still feels like they have years on you know, in the engine, that
0: it's time to stop. Yes, I actually remember that movie, Dr. Bennett Om, Om, Omalu, ne? Will Smith, mm-hmm. he was called mm-hmm. in that movie, Concussion. And, and and Doc, obviously it is the last story, it comes after all attempts, but what is Concussion? Like, if you can just explain to us.
1: So, so interestingly enough, I think um, they're, they're great resources to try and explain it on YouTube. Um, I, I think one of them is Dr. Mike's one, that actually, you know, he goes through it and he just tries to explain in, in nice detail, you know, for parents and for children. But, you know, in essential, it's, it's a type of traumatic brain injury, um, which can be caused by anything, you know, a bump or a blow to the head um, or anything that causes just the the head to accelerate. So maybe, you know, as you're landing, your head just accelerates and stops, doesn't necessarily mean that your head hits, but, you know, your brain within the cranium just moves uh, and it can you can have injuries basically or, or, or some knocks to the front of it or the back of it, depending on, on, on exactly which direction you move it. And unfortunately, what this injury results in is, is just some functional disturbances in your, your usual day-to-day activity. And, you know, at, at worst, these, these disturbances can be quite pervasive, you know, affecting your, your regular activities of daily living. So the things that you're used to doing, simple things, driving, uh, reading, watching TV.
0: And, and then, how, how serious is the issue of concussion in sport in general?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. You know, um, I think one of the places I've learned to really appreciate concussion significantly, I think, has been in rugby, uh, specifically. And I, I think it was impressed on me by the SA rugby manager, Clint Redhead, I think when I when I first started with the, with the national teams, just how serious to take these this type of issue. And I think colleagues, senior colleagues like, like John Patricia, you know, with, the, with the way that they've gone into research with it, have, have led the way and tried to try to sort of highlight the, the seriousness of this issue. But look, unfortunately, it's a question of where you are and what stage you're at and what does it mean for you in the long run once you experience either one or many concussions. And that's why it just, it just becomes a serious thing because if you, if you evaluate it for anyone, you, know, you don't get like two brains. You only get one of those if you knock it, um, or you injure it, you know, you're in trouble for some long time.
0: Yeah, so is is it more prevalent in physical sport like rugby, dog, or can you get it in any sport? And I guess not just in sport, but in li- life in general?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think in fairness, you can get it in life in general. I mean, probably it's likely that those that are involved in motor vehicle accidents and actually p- perhaps have some sort of head um, head collisions or, you know, incidents where, where they can hit their heads against the steering wheel or something, that they can result in some element of concussion. Um, but, yeah, it is it is a prevalent issue in, in contact sports, specifically. Um, again, probably more prevalent in sports where it's likely that a direct blow to the head is more likely. You know, sports like boxing, uh, mixed martial arts, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, but if you think about it in rugby, where sometimes the collisions, um, rugby union, rugby league, where the collisions are not always uh, controlled, um, but there's a concerted effort to change how those collisions are managed, um, you know, with the way that they're punishing players with cards and, and sanctions for those that tackle above the, the, the shoulder line and onto the neck and head area. Look, it's a prevalent issue. Um, I just wish football took it as seriously as rugby takes it.
0: Yes, I was actually seeing in England a couple of weeks ago, now that you've mentioned football, that they were even now doing research on the dangers of concussion caused by heading the ball.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's it's quite a thing. I think it's a, it's a cause of concern and it's interesting because across the globe you'll find that there's, there's different parent, parent groups and different other groups as well that are involved in science um, that are trying to basically use concussion research uh, to limit how certain sports are played in, in children um, mm. where, where potentially they think that you know the developing brain being exposed to just hitting the ball with the head regularly, maybe it might cause more damage or in those younger athletes who you know, sustain some sort of um, knocks that result in concussive symptoms, um, how, how that affects them in the long run.
0: Yes, and actually in, in, in that uh, report that I saw in, in the UK, they actually trial a game where they play without hitting the ball and they want to see if it's something that they can do going forward. But but on that note, then, what has sport done to address this serious issue? Uh, specifically rugby, because I remember, Doc, and that's where you would, will have experience also. I remember shortly after we spoke to Pet Lambie, he also had to retire because of concussion. He started doing mm-hmm. promos for BoxMart about the dangers and prevention measures of mm-hmm. concussion. So it does seem like SA Rugby has taken this seriously.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think rugby, SA Rugby, world rugby as a whole, are taken it seriously. I think... What has challenged uh, world rugby as well significantly has been the the uh, the cases I think that have come up against them from retired or retired. The fact players, that they're being sued. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I think yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nothing like being sued to change your mind completely. Yeah. So, so, so I think I think it's not just that alone. I, I do think from the time I entered rugby, look, I've always felt like when it came to the matters of concussion, there was always a view of taking this matter seriously. Um, when it came to how it's assessed, how players are assessed the timeframes that are given to doctors in matches to actually assess the players. Um, I was a massive fan of the time when the FIFA president, I think the current FIFA president was lobbying for a, a, something like a 10-minute period. He was, they were mm-hmm. giving consideration to a potential 10-minute period to actually have an assessment in, in football for concussion. Um, but I guess you know we're waiting to see those things materialize. My hope had always been that South Africa would always be at the forefront of those kind of things where... You know, we're trying to drive football research. We're trying to drive, heck, concussion management. We're trying to sort of drive the practices around the world. But again, uh, the mother body is who what determines where, where the sport goes. Look, rugby is the for, is at the forefront in my view. I think they evaluate their players quite well. Um, it isn't it isn't the best of the best of the best um, evaluation, but at least it's better than nothing. That's what I would say.
0: So, so how do you evaluate the players? Then that was the question from Colin before you came on in in, in rugby. How do you? Um, I, I guess you can't really. Di- I don't know if you can diagnose concussion on the field, but what do you look out yeah. for?
1: So the, the the interesting part is that once a player gets a blow like that, and you're concerned. Um, in rugby, there are processes in place to try and sort of identify what would have been identified as symptoms directly that are associated with concussion. So if a player is a toxic, you know, he has a strange stumbling walk, you know the boxes that are hit, Mm -hmm. and you can see they they seem like they're light on their feet, or not, sorry, not light on their feet, they're very heavy on their feet, they're unsteady, Um, they have a strange gaze that looks like uh, they're quite zoned out, Um, they seem confused on the field, or there's a potential loss of consciousness that someone would have noted. So those kind of players, you, you try and identify those symptoms, and there's video, there's video evidence in place to allow the match doctors to actually identify that. Um, and those can also be presented to the team doctors at the time of those incidents. So right, we have tried to put those processes in place that you can discover um, any sort of injuries like that, and the hope is that, you know, it, it just limits the number of cases that are missed. And, I mean, in fairness, there still will be cases missed. Um, it's just a question of how these symptoms present. And even when you... When you actually speak to a player on the field, you know you you go through what would be the Maddox questions to just try and see if this person is cognizant of where they are or what time of day it is or they are orientated for the place that they're at and they're still with it um, when you're evaluating them. So it's, it's it's interesting when you do it on the field, but once you suspect that there's something more sinister, and hopefully together with the match doctor who may uh, also suspect that the player's actually turned taken. Um, you know, from the field to a room where they can actually be evaluated appropriately. And that would be a, an HIA1 document, which is a head injury assessment document uh, that's had years in development. And um, yeah, you go through that process where you test their balance, you test their memory component, their concentration component, uh, and you evaluate the symptoms. And you also, of course, review uh, what you would have seen on the video to see that you haven't seen symptoms that are genuinely, genuinely associated with concussion.
0: Yeah, and 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 I guess that's in professional sport, and then in amateur sport or amateur rugby talk, where maybe these medics are not available or affordable. How do we then try to prevent concussion, or what measures can be put in place?
1: Again, a, ma- a major challenge. Um, your hope is always that uh, you have medics um, that are available at the field and referees who are available at the field, who are sensitive to the matters um, and are trained in the, in that sense of of recognizing what concussion would look like, or potentially may look like, or what a concussive blow may look like. And you would hope that um, what what is applied in some SA rugby tournaments or local rugby or uh, regional rugby tournaments should be a recognized and remove, um, um, um measure. So it should be that the policy, um, should someone sustain this kind of a blow, that they're removed immediately from the place, uh, from the field of play. Um, with a purpose that they evaluated further by someone that at least can assist them with that, uh, a local medical practitioner, hopefully, who has experience in dealing with concussion. Um, the hope over time, of course, is that all the, this kind of thing would be information that's available to multiple uh, practitioners that at least you know, athletes that are in the general public can actually be helped since, uh, significantly
0: and and we we've, we've seen as we wrap up dr mampane the premier league at uh, trialing concussion substitutions or substitutes it, could that be the way to go is that the way to go now
1: 100% i think uh, rugby has already paved out the way paved the way for what should be done i do think that uh, football probably the most popular sport in the world um is light years behind rugby in terms of understanding that uh, i think you know it shouldn't have been something that's in question it should have been something that was done way back when, when, when rugby had actually started. It. I almost feel like football being as popular as it is should have probably been ahead of rugby. I think it's a good thing. Um, I think one, it's when player welfare is the main thing at the heart of what's discussed. For me, that's what matters. So at the end of the day, I mean, yes, we're passionate fans, but we also, the purpose of us being there as sports doctors to actually look after player welfare. So I do think that, um, yeah, I would hope that football takes those kind of subs seriously and that there's a consideration of doing it the way rugby does it, and there's collaboration in trying to see how to better that space because I think, again, uh, the difference in finances, the difference in, in numbers, the, the way football has such a much wider reach, I think more people can be helped if football is really serious about concussion as well
0: okay well I mean that could be a way to start for also amateur sport then if you can't afford or don't have medics available try and look at concussion substitutes or substitutions if the, if, you, if you do suspect okay I believe we've got a voice note or two here doc as we wrap up can we play them please, sir, please ask the doctor when a soccer player
1: hits a ball doesn't that jar the brain within the head can't that hurt him? can't that cause concussion mike
0: Okay, thanks for that, Mike. Yes, that's what we touched on, Doc.
1: Yeah. So, so again, very basic question, and it absolutely makes sense. Um, yeah, of course, it can. Um, I mean, I seem to recall when I was, I think when I was younger in high school. I think you, I, I don't know what ball it was, but I, I don't know if so you remember these kind of Mikasa balls?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I remember yo, the I was, hard one.
1: <laughs> hey, man, I think they kicked that ball into the air. I think when I headed the ball, I thought to myself, what has just happened to me? I don't think I would ever do that again. Um, so maybe, you know, I'm I'm saying it in a joking manner, but um, it makes sense, you know, um, the kind of forces that are in the ball, the, the, the kind of pressures that, you know, can be generated on on the person that's hitting the ball. There's a lot of dangers that are associated with, with uh, hitting the ball. Again, I'm not saying, I'm not, you understand it's a difficult one because I'm mm-hmm. caught in between. I'm a passionate sports person. I'm passionate about football, but at the same time, I I can see why people would recognize this as a potentially dangerous thing.
0: And that's why in England they are now trialing uh, football without heading the ball. I actually saw that game. They played Mm -hmm. it. It was just a local league game, but they played it. So um, it looks like there is a lot of research going on, and, and rightly so, because this is a serious issue. But thanks, Doc, for speaking to us. We really appreciate your insight. Hopefully we'll speak to you again going forward thank you very much for having me thanks dr jerome is still involved with sa rugby and kaiser Chiefs also part of sports medicine africa and on that note actually about hitting the ball i was once told a story um maybe maybe it's not related to this but it's just it's just a story i was told by somebody at pirates uh, that used to play for pirates with Sen- with the late senzo Where they used to say you know when senzo meiwa was so was frustrated with the team or with the players He would hoof the ball up way up in the air. Maybe that Mikasa ball, he would hoof it way up in the air because he knows that none of the players will want to head it. Because South African players ahead are, are scared to hit the ball. So maybe we might not have those serious injuries in football because our players hardly hit the ball. How many headed goals do you see in the PSL? But I thought it was quite hilarious that Senzo will just... And when you think of it, he actually used to do that. He would hoof the ball up in the air and they would let it bounce. Apparently, the players would let it bounce a sanguine in them because they would not be too scared to hit the ball because it was just too hard. Okay, let's take a break. Let's go to Spain.